Welcome, another Tuesday here on Sideline Sports, a lot going on. Going to start with Jake and John and what happened last night, which we have a lot to unfold with. So first off, you know, prayers to um, the Buffalo Bills, you know. Um, to DeMar Hamlin himself, his family, everybody yeah. else. Yes. Everybody involved in the game, you know, it was a tough, tough situation. And when you look at at that, I mean, you have to go back, you know, I was watching ESPN today. They showed um, in 87 the last time an ambulance was brought onto the field. Um, and then, you know, talking with people today, there was a death in the NFL in the 50s. Um, Detroit Lions uh, against the Chicago Bears back at the old Tiger Stadium. Um, I forget the names because I'm horrible with names. Um, but we'll get that for you. But, you know. And just the stupidity that's coming out of the whole program. Oh. I mean, you got well, people like Skip Bayless that don't know what to keep oh, We'll, we'll talk about that. And so, Bart Scott. Bart Scott, who's blaming, oh. who's blaming T. Higgins for no, putting his helmet right. into DeMar well, Hamlin's. Before chest. we get to that, let's just – I want to – because I, I I told you guys earlier, I did a little research. For those people that oh. have no idea, like they saw the play but don't physically understand what happened. From my understanding, so – if you're somebody who's in the medical field, I apologize that this is going to be in very boring layman's terms, and I'm going to do my best to describe what happened. I'm only going off of what I recall, what I heard, what I was, you know, what doctors were saying. Essentially, what happened was it was a freak accident. When T. Higgins hit Hamlin, he hit him at the precisely wrong time. When his heart was beating, the blood was trying to come up uh, through his uh, into his heart. And the valve that was going to have the blood come through was, I guess, when the heart was hit, instead of expanding like it's supposed to, to allow the blood to flow through properly, instead, because it was hit and the timing of everything, which, again, it's like one in a billion chance. I mean, not literally, but it's it's so hyper-specific that at this exact moment, um, instead of expanding, it contracted so the blood couldn't properly go through. And obviously, he had the issues that we now know. The reason they were administering CPR before they got the AED was that's the best way to extend any chance of survival of any kind, no matter what. So for those that were wondering, why were they doing CPR? Why were they doing it for so long? It was probably because they had to get an AED wherever the closest one was, but they had to do CPR because if they didn't, this poor young man had no chance of surviving at all. So the CPR was the only chance to even you know provide any sort of possibility that he would survive, and then obviously the AED to get his, start, his heart going. Um, and then before we move on, there's actually good news as of about about, about 45 minutes ago. That's amazing um, news. Yeah, Tom Pelissero uh, retweeted something saying that somebody who spoke with uh, Dorian Glenn is his name. It was, Cameron Wolf, that's former yeah, yeah, former yes. offensive reporter. Um, yeah. So Demar Hamlin's uncle Dorian Glenn said to him. Uh, his nephew is on a ventilator still, but he's improved to 50% oxygen needed after previously being at the 100% level. So this basically means Thank he's you. not breathing on his own, but he's certainly breathing more on his own. He's getting more oxygen into his lungs on his own. Um, look, it doesn't mean that he's going to be fine tomorrow. All of a no, sudden. he's not it out certainly, of the woods. It, it no. certainly is a good sign that his body and his ability to breathe on his own is at least improving. <laughs> 
He's still going to be on a ventilator, obviously, because he can't breathe on his own properly yet. But it's one of those things that you're looking for good news. You're looking for anything positive. This is this is it. It's almost exactly 24 hours later when the news comes out. It's something. It's not great. I'd like to hear better news that, hey, he's going to be okay. But, you know, I'm sure you two agree. At this point, any, any, any news is good something news like major, Anything major like this, any positive – is a good thing. No, I agree. One day. Yeah. So happen in a day. It's going to take some time. So something I found out tonight, you know, reading this stuff that his uncle had said, um, I don't know if you guys knew this. I just found this out a little bit ago when that news dropped, Jake, um, he was actually resuscitated twice. Yeah. Once on the field and once in the hospital. So he basically, basically essentially died twice. He died on and, the field. His heart stopped twice. Yeah. Yeah, twice. Yeah. So basically, yeah. like, you know, I mean, you got to have your heart moving to live. So it's, he essentially died twice. And again, bring him back it's why once I say on it's, once in the hospital. That's why I Which say is just, I mean, none of us knew that last yeah. night. No. You know, and it's just crazy to all these right. I mean, stuff comes out. That's why I say this is good news at this point. You know what? Yeah. There's an actual legitimate improvement finally. And it's, it's, it's something to take away from. It's all I've been, I was thinking about at work today. I know. Just, all my Me, breaks just. Me, you, Checking and everybody Twitter in the sports world. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, most most people in the sports world. Oh. We'll, we'll get to the yeah. others in a couple yeah. of minutes. But, you know, I do have uh. some questions about the whole situation. The ambulance didn't leave the stadium till 925. The rumor was they were waiting for his mother. Again, this is all rumors. None of us are there in person in Cincinnati. You know, but my thinking, and again, I'm not an EMT or a doctor. You know, in that situation... Why is it the ambulance leaving right away and giving the mom a police escort to the hospital? Well, they, you know? they, they can't necessarily just get in and leave right away. I mean, there's things that they got to do when they get him in. You know, sure. they're trying to stabilize him, make sure I, he's okay. I do think that's part you know, of it. All of that stuff, they got to make sure I, he's you yeah, know, in, a, I, in a certain I, I I do believe part place. of it has to be that because I do know from what I heard, um, I think it was during the broadcast last night, is that – they tried to put him on a stretcher and actually put him in uh, the back of the ambulance, but they actually had to bring him back down to perform well, the CPR. That was on the field. But right. I'm, so I'm just saying. So yeah. my point is, there's a lot of things that had to they a lot had to of be very careful. I think. That, yeah. And I think they just like I think part of it might have had to been like we need to make sure his heart continues to beat for five ten minutes, like just anything, or making sure that he's breathing properly, or. Whatever the little intricacies. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know everything, but I'm just I'm not, taking yeah, stabs. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're you know. wrong. No, so, of course. I'm not, yeah, I'm not here throwing jabs saying they're no, wrong. No, no. I'm just – I'm here. I'd like to know, yeah, what, I don't know. You know what was happening just, because – Just remember you know, they're working re- on him in the back of the ambulance too. It's not yeah, like he's what, just sitting there. You know, so they are working it? on him while he's in the ambulance. Yeah. They're, they're giving him the right. treatment that he needs in the ambulance. Well, until that's they can get what, him to the hospital. That's not what was reported. What was right. Reported no, I know, but that's what happens in the back of the ambulances. They'll oh, work I, I on him. I, yeah. I, I At least from my also, my experience as being a firefighter for four tra- years. A level one trauma center is going to be able to do a lot more work than what you can no. do in the back of an ambulance. Right. Waiting for his mom. Well, it's great to have your family with you. Him getting yeah. to that no, level I, one trauma center as quickly as it. possible. Now, again, I don't know because I wasn't there. These are just questions as I'm watching everything unfold. You know that I'm saying, what's going on? You here? sit there and I, wonder I why did answer. it take so long? What was yeah. going on? I mean, they may have had issues 10, in the ambulance, minutes. and they yeah, may have, it could like be. Said, they yeah, may no, have, I mean, I would love to, reporters I would love to know. know. 
stuff. You know, you know what it could also be? They may have just had to call the hospital and tell them, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what we have going on. Be ready. While yeah. they're while they're getting Get the them stabilized ready. and getting them ready, yeah. here's what we need you guys to know so you guys can set up properly. I, I don't – obviously, I have no idea. I'm just taking guesses here. Um, but it's all possible. Um, but, yeah, uh, my guess is it was just a lot of stabilization, trying to make sure that, like, they can put them in the best situation that they can at the moment before they get them to the hospital, before they do all the things that they will do at the hospital. I, I would really think that was more of it than waiting for the mom. I truly do. I think so. But I think but so. But I, I like clarification on it because I yeah. just don't have it. I want to bring in Eric Wilson who's here. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Eric. Fellas. What's going on? Oh, you know, um, it's a new year and we're already uh, knee deep in feelings, emotions, and trying to figure out what's what's up. So. That's... And I, I also want to give out a shout out. I mean, Ken Block, I don't know much about uh, yeah. racing and all that, but Ken Block passed away last night as well. Apparently he was a legend. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know anything about him or, or racing or whatever, but um, from what I know, he was a legend and he was a great person and he passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to shout out that too. There there was a lot of, a lot of unfortunately deaths yeah. uh, these past couple of days. Former Jacksonville Jaguars lineman, I, Sorry if I forget his name, but uh, he was only 38 years old. He passed away as well. Um, so it's just so many unexpected deaths. Rough starts, a little bit of a rough yeah. start to the year. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. JB, you want to talk about people that you want to complain about. So let's start complaining about because we've, so, we've talked about what happened. Be a list. There's, there's a, com- be a list, list of, of complaints about to... people did or rather should not have done. There's going to be a list of people that need to shut up. Skip Bayless. You right. don't have the right to talk anymore. Oh, all right. You know, so your your partner doesn't even show up to the show today because you're an idiot. I, I know, agree. This, and you know, I, you know, his statement, which I got yeah. backhandedly what he was trying to say, could have been said yeah. so much and, better. And to for those who didn't see the tweet, I have it in front of me. Skip said last night about nine thirty. He said. Exactly what he said, Jake. You froze as you were telling us what he said because it doesn't matter what he said because he's an idiot. Eric, you look like you have, you know, something you want to get off your chest. You know, it's one of those things where I have said on other shows um, my personal feelings towards Mr. Bayless. And at this particular point in time, I don't feel it relevant to even bring up what he said, even though he did, in fact, put out a tweet later on in the evening and responded. And and, and I'll, I'll pick up where where Jake left off because and, and John, you know, my feelings towards him because yep. um, I made it very clear after the whole Shannon Sharp situation how I felt. Um, so what he said was. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. He went on to later to say, 34 minutes later, mind you, nothing is more important than that young man's health. That was the point of my last tweet. I'm sorry if that was misunderstood, but his health is all that matters. Again, everything else is irrelevant. I prayed for him and will continue to. So, now listen, 
I, I dislike the man. I'm not a Skip fan. I kind of got what he was saying. He was kind of – he just didn't think the way he typed it out. If you read it the way I think he meant to read it, he was kind of saying it out loud. How do you, If you're the NFL, you know, this is an important game. How do you postpone it? But, you know, it's all irrelevant now. I get Maybe. what he was trying to say. But he just – because of his previous miscues and who, he, who he's become, the way he said it flabbasted him. And I, I don't think he had the right to say it that way. So do you think it would have been okay if he would have sent that tweet out? Like, if he sent that tweet out right now at 8.43 on Tuesday night, I feel like it would have been a lot perceived a lot better because, you know, it's not in the moment of when this just happened. It's not like, hey, it's not Monday night and it just this just happened and we're all – that's all we're thinking about. And we're all still thinking about Hamlin. You know, don't get me wrong. We're all 100%. That's all we're thinking John, about. We're not, think, John, we're not thinking about the Dolphins John. on Sunday. But I'm saying, John, like, if he sent out that tweet John, today, it wouldn't be as bad. John. I'm going to cut you off a quick second. <laughs> we have a special guest, Dr. Anthony Lemaire, who's a cardiologist, uh, who's going to explain to us a little bit more of what happened with the injury and if he can explain it to us so we can yeah. actually understand. Give him the floor. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I'm actually a cardiac surgeon, not a cardiologist, but essentially uh, Mr. Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest now, the actual reason why he had a cardiac arrest is pretty unusual. It's not entirely clear, actually, because he had chest trauma. Now, sometimes if you get chest trauma and it happens the exact right, wrong moment, unfortunately, you can go to a cardiac arrest, which basically means your heart starts to, to, to contract in a way that's not normal. You get an abnormal rhythm. When you have an abnormal rhythm, you're not getting enough blood flow to your brain and other organs. And um, so if you, I, I suspect what happened is he had the chest trauma that kind of triggered this irregular rhythm, which is called ventricular fibrillation. That leads to essentially cardiac arrest. You're not getting enough blood flow to the rest of your body. And the way you get out of it, how you snap out of it is, number one, CPR is a way of by, by chest compressions, you will improve the blood flow to your brain, other organs. But the best way to get back to a regular rhythm is to defibrillate, basically shock the heart out of this abnormal rhythm. So it's, it's pretty rare, but it does happen. Chest trauma can lead to a cardiac arrest. Um, now, I don't have access to the records, um, but if I was guessing, I think that's what happened. He had chest trauma, led to cardiac arrest, and the way he got out of it, it was with CPR, chest compressions, and ultimately defibrillation. Now, with go. something like that happening after the CPR for nine minutes, is that uncommon or is you know that standard? No, uh, not, you know, I don't remember. Did they say actually it was nine minutes? I wasn't aware of that. But uh, whatever lo- length it was, um, you, in a perfect world, you come right back, like 30 seconds, a minute. The longer it takes you to get back to what we call ROSC or, or, or um, a recoverable rhythm, the longer it takes, the, the more likely you're going to have some kind of brain trauma. Because the longer you're not getting good blood flow to your brain, you're going to get a stroke. Nine minutes is a long time. So, but the good thing about him is he's so young that he's at a better chance of uh, improving and surviving this. Um, but it's not, I would say that nine minutes is on the longer spectrum. I just give you an example. If you're doing this for longer than 20, 30 minutes, you're probably not going to survive. And if you do survive, you're going to have some element of brain ischemia. You're, you're not going to be normal for lack of a better word. Now, so, yeah, Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, so, you know, hearing tonight from his uncle, basically, his uncle was talking about how they resuscitated him. They resuscitated him twice, once on the field and once at the hospital. Oh, wow. This type of thing is that, like, is that normal? Is that 
Like, yeah. is that a bad sign that they had to not only do it once, which we knew, but then we found out tonight that they had to do it again at the hospital, resuscitate him. Is that like, can you talk a little bit more about that for us sure. and kind of. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That, that I can tell you, that's definitely not a good thing. Uh, the first time he had it again, I'm assuming the chest trauma triggered it when you're during that nine minutes or whenever it took them to get him back that period of time where you're not getting good blood flow, the heart is also not happy because it's not provide, it's not getting enough blood flow as well. And, and with that irregular rhythm, your heart again becomes um, ischemic, just not getting enough blood flow. That means if he had another arrest, that's another sign that his heart was basically not happy for lack of a better word or injured. Um, You know, when a heart goes into an irregular rhythm, it's kind of irritated. It could be ir- irritated by trauma. It could be irritated by ischemia. It's not a good sign that it happened twice. But like I said before, the best thing about him is that he's young and it was witnessed. If Just imagine if this happens and there weren't, there weren't anyone who could do CPR. He probably wouldn't be, would be dead by now or so, you know. So it's not a good sign. But the most likely reason for the second time is his heart being irritable because he didn't get enough blood flow. In fact, I would suggest if he... If he wakes up and hopefully can follow commands, I'd be very curious to see what his brain function is because if his heart was irritable, that means his brain was probably irritable as well, meaning because he didn't get enough blood flow. Believe it or not, your heart can recover easier than your brain. Your brain's very forgive is not very forgiving. So I think the second time was because of basically irritation, the heart just not um, because it got a lack of blood flow. The first time I'm almost certain was because of chest trauma. So I have one quick question that I want to ask because, you know, as always, we, we tend to do our research and try to get some answers as to what this potentially could be. And what I was seeing on social media was people um, saying that it potentially could be, and I'm probably going to butcher it, so please forgive me, uh, commotio cordis. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm sure I probably said that wrong. Cardiomyopathy, maybe? Um, but what it says is if a, and I'm just reading from basically what That's I fine. had found. Uh, it says if a person is stuck in the chest, a chest at a specific time in the heart rhythm cycle, the heart's electrical signal can be interrupted, resulting in heart stoppage. This rare cause of the heart suddenly stopping is called what I just said, what and I said. can't. <laughs> yes. The blunt force that causes this often comes from a hard object or ball hitting the chest, such as a baseball, softball, hockey puck but it can come from any type of blow. Now it says the average victim of this is 14 years, 14 years old. Right, right. But the symptoms is what made me think and what me wanted me to ask um, is this. It says a person who suffers this will collapse and be unresponsive following a blow to the chest. A pulse will not be felt and the person may not be breathing. Sometimes there will be jerking movements in the arms and legs but this should not be confused with a seizure. Gasping breaths may also be seen, but this does not mean that the person is breathing normally. Yeah, I would say, I'm not sure of that term you're referring to it, but I could say that, like I said, this is not a new phenomenon. We've heard about this before. And it's class. the classic situation is, unfortunately, a teenager playing baseball, basketball, football, they get hit in that certain way, and they unfortunately get into a cardiac arrest. Basically, their heart is no longer contracting appropriately. When your heart's not contracting well, you're not going to feel a pulse. And that means you're not getting blood flow throughout your body. Um, And so, and and the signs of it would be shortness of breath, the jerking motions that you described, 
they're not unresponsive. Um, again, it's primarily because they're not getting blood, their heart's not contracting and not getting blood flow to their brain and, and the rest of their body. And the, the only way to get out of it is if someone witnesses it and is smart enough to realize the patient's in arrest, does CPR, and you have to have a defibrillator close by. Otherwise, it's going to be hard for them to make it out or to survive. A lot of these kids, are unfortunately, end up dying uh, because people don't, are not aware of this. Makes sense now why you see all the, the defibrillators now in schools and different places. You're absolutely right. That's actually perfectly right. That's why they're, they have these defibrillators all over throughout the hospital, sporting events. Actually, whenever uh, the sports medicine people go with – or I train, I, I work at Rutgers. Whenever they go to the football games or what have you, they always have defibrillators because of the, exactly of that. And, and something like this happened to Chris Pronger a long time ago, and he um, he was able to come back after a couple – in 12 weeks, actually, and he ended up having a Hall of Fame career yeah. um, after yeah. this same thing happened. And, and our producer said it's commotio cordis is what it's okay. called, the okay. official term for it. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, I've never heard of it. That, that ter- I actually didn't realize that was the term uh, of that. Um, but I, I want to emphasize there's – there's no reason he can't survive. Like I said, right. nine minutes. I wish it was just a minute. Nine minutes is, is, is fairly long time, but it could have been a half an hour. It could have been longer. But again, it was witness. And I hope they did effective CPR because if you do effective CPR, I've gotten people back after an hour. And that was because the CPR was effective. They were pushing on the chest appropriately so you're getting good blood flow to the brain. The best thing about him, I keep saying, is that he's young. So he should recover. And then, of course... We'll have to see what kind of limitations he's had, but hopefully, you know, he fully recovers and can eventually play again. Can you talk yeah, a little? Oh, I'm sorry, JB. Can you talk a little bit about uh, before JB goes? Um, he's already, I guess, his uncle again said that he's on. He was at 100 percent oxygen. He wasn't able to breathe on his own, and now he's at 50 percent. So, you know, obviously, he's able to breathe 50 percent on his own, 50 percent through the oxygen. Can you talk a little bit about like how much of an improvement that is and kind of where he's at and, and you know what I, I mean? I like, it. I got it. I completely got what you're saying. Um, so just so you know, the fact that he's on 50% auction versus hundred percent actually is a good sign, but it's a, it's a little bit misleading. He's on a ventilator. And when you're on a ventilator, you start everyone on a hundred percent auction. I just operate on someone. They are on a hundred percent auction. That's everyone gets started on that. Okay. And then, as you keep t- checking on the patients, if hopefully they're breathing, their lungs are working well enough, they don't require full oxygen. The fact that his lungs are not requiring full oxygen is great. That means his lungs are well. But quite frankly, that means nothing about his brain. That means nothing about his heart. At the end of the day, there's a machine breathing for him. Going from 100% to 50% is good, but it means nothing about his long-term prognosis. So it's kind okay. of like a mixed bag there, you know. It's good. I mean, if he never got lower than 100%, that means he, he's, he'd be attached to a ventilator for this rest exactly. of his life. But by the right. way, that should never happen. He was never he was breathing on his own before this happened. So you wouldn't anticipate. In fact, honestly, that does not mean that much. And I mean that respectfully okay. to, to the family. Right, right. No, no, we appreciate, you know, that that insight. It's really helpful. Sorry, JB. Yeah. Oh, no worries. Now, like, he's sedated. And obviously, uh, as John said, he went down to 50% oxygen. Is that standard? After something like this, you would have the patient sedated. And uh, as far as long-term hearing something, it's probably not going to be as quick as everyone would like. Yeah, actually, you're absolutely right. When someone undergoes CPR and is and getting uh, shocked, for lack of a better word, the first thing you'll do is after they're intubated and stable 
is you'll keep them sedated. You want them to basically recover through what's happening. And then after about 24 hours or so, sometimes a little bit less than that, you'll start weaning the sedation and hopefully waking them up. And that's when you see whether or not they can follow commands. I mean, so that once they come down sedation, they'll ask them to do basic things, wiggle their t- with his toes, squeeze their fingers, stuff like that, open their eyes, um, just to kind of show that his mind is working. So that's what you expect. And I do not anticipate a quick assessment because I don't, you're not going to hear, you, you probably won't hear in 24 hours that he's ready to get extubated or get the breathing tube out. They're going to probably go slow because he just suffered this major trauma. They, they don't want to go too fast because his body has to recover. So I think over the next couple of days, if, if he's lucky and wakes up to get the breathing tube, I don't anticipate it being tomorrow. But you'd say in the next couple of days, we might be able to hear some news like, hey, yeah, he's got yeah. you know movement in his extremities. He's, he's awake. Yeah. He's yeah. conscious. He's got some positive signs. Yeah. We might be able to get some news like they'll that. They'll be cautious the next, with I agree. You, you will. Cause I think what, after the first, so this happened yesterday. So yes, I it's was about 24 expect, hours to the, yeah, to the time I, right now. I think about 20, I think after 24 hours, that's when they'll start coming down the sedation. Cause you don't want to go okay. too quick. The most important thing is to stabilize them and then come down the sedation and see what his brain's like. So they, you don't go too fast after someone suffered a cardiac arrest. And, right. and university of Cincinnati is one of the best in the country. So oh, absolutely. they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Very, very Here's to hoping. That's all I can say. Here's to hoping. Yeah. I agree. Any other questions? Uh, guys? No, I, I think no, that I, kind of puts everything I, in perspective. I for truly me. appreciate all of the yeah. insight. It, it's extremely helpful uh, for me and, and, and I'm sure our audience. So I just want to thank you. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate My pleasure. it. My pleasure. So Take care. work. Where can people find you before you jump? Where can people find you? I'm at Rutgers Rutgers in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I'm a heart surgeon there. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Dr. LaMare. We look forward to speaking with you, hopefully, uh, in the future. All right. No problem. Take care. Have a good night. Have a good one. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. So. Now we lost Jake. I was like, what did you take me off for? I was like, look, I had some computer issues. Oh, off again. I don't know. I I felt like we were like the Brady Bunch moving all around. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that was, that was good insight, though. That was amazing. from a cardiologist, a cardiac surgeon, kind of like what's going on because yeah. that's way more than we all do. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You know, it, you don't see it, that from any any other places. It took what I just, said and it helped add on to what I said because I gave minimal insight, knowing you know what I found from people, you know, doctors on the internet telling us, "Hey, here's what I can tell you." It was good to have somebody there to physically say, hey, can you tell me what's going on? Can you explain to me what's happening? And and exactly. we and so we hear, you know, statements from from his uncle and stuff like that. And we and I appreciate, you know, hearing that stuff. His family's able to like speak. I know it's gotta be difficult, you know. So so having cameras in your face has got to be difficult. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so when we hear that, we all assume, well, 50%, like he said, is is just great. Like we all assume that, but him breaking it down for us kind of gives us the insight that we aren't getting from just looking at it, Twitter and saying, it well, makes you realize, like, Hey, I'm making my uh, own assumption based yeah. off of that, Th- that kind of insight. It's good, yeah. but don't get too excited about it because it's, it's somewhat normal. So it's not like, Hey, everything is all fine. It's like things are going normally, but let's not get our hopes up yet. Let's just understand this is a normal process. And there's a lot of things that still have yet to be done, which is, you know, I didn't know that. I just, Again, I, I figured like when I read that, I was like, this is a great sign. Things are improving. Now it's like, okay, temper your expectations a little bit. Understand, we need some more time to yeah, know so how this is going to play out, and that's okay. 
But things are moving in the right direction nonetheless, which is good. So basically, from what I got from it, the next 24 to 48 hours are going to be critical. Yeah. They're going to try it. They're going to try and take away the sedation. It'll, it'll give us a better, better picture of what's going and, on. Yeah, and see what's going on with his brain, what he's capable of doing, and that's where we'll know the true story. Yeah, yeah, of right. What's going to happen? And hopefully, and that, hopefully the young man is okay. That was I the part so. I was I was worried about last night. You know, I said in our chat that was the thing that I was worried about. Is is you know, I hope, you know, that was the thing I was hoping that it's not, it doesn't get to that step, the brain part, because that's what I was thinking about. Not just the breathing, but I was thinking about the brain part yeah. because, you know, you don't, you know, once you, once you go for the brain, like, it's hard to come back from that. So that, right. that was what I was thinking last night. And yeah. Eric, Jake, I just think, up? I just think it's, um, it's kind of very apropos that, you know, the show was going on tonight and, you know, when you said, it's pretty much 24 hours to the minute. I, I yeah. actually looked at my clock and I was like, wow. So this is what a full day feels yeah. like. Yeah. You know, to go from where we that. were, to go from where we were last night prior to the injury. One full day later, I was like, yeah. it, it just, it really gave me even it's... more perspective yeah. on just how simple and how short or in this case how long a day can be because right. that has been the talk the entire day has well, there been is to talk about prayers for Demar Hamlin and and how is he doing what's know? the news yeah right yeah I just no, want to point right. out that uh, JT said we're a medical show now sideline MD I don't know about that. We are not. We have. I like the ring of that, though. Sideline MD. I like that. I will have to say, it was great, though, hearing it from a cardiac surgeon. So we actually understand it because it's it's, not only just a doctor, it's a specialist. Yeah, it's one thing for us to talk about it. We could, we're going to talk, we don't have a a clue. We we read what's on, you know, the news columns and whatever they're getting it. We actually heard it firsthand from someone who's doing it every day. Just got done doing it. Who just yeah. got done doing it? He he said he has somebody on oxygen right now. He just got done with, so on one hundred percent oxygen. Yeah. He literally just got done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just in surgery, he said. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's like I I, I liked hearing the perspective because again, what I said at the top of the show, sure, it was nice. It was as much information as I could provide to the people, but I can't provide the information that a doctor can. Obviously not. That's why yeah, it's like that's when why I sit here and talk sports. about sports. It's like when you try and talk sports with me, Jake. You try, but you can't oh, provide John, information. John, watch wow. yourself. Yeah, exactly. You wow. better watch himself. Because you know what, gentlemen, before before we move move to anything else, while the three of us are on screen, I, I just want to say this because I can. All three of us are football fans with teams in the playoffs. And John is backstage with a team that has to play next week and has to fight for a playoff spot. So he can say whatever he wants. But Eric, your Eagles are currently the number one seed, and we will see you next this coming week. And JB, our Giants made the playoffs, man. You know what? Yes. From here on out, it's house money as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we weren't supposed I have to, to you. ask Jake. Okay, yeah. so Giants fans were throwing hissy fits. Eli Manning was throwing a hissy fit a couple years ago when the Eagles well, sat their guys. 
Yeah. Eli Manning tweeted that he, that, you know, that was that he egregious do thing that. to do. Yes. How do you feel if the Giants rest their guys and basically give this game away? When I don't Eli think Eli Manning should. said that How Giants don't do that. How is it giving the game away? Well, if they rest Barkley well, and Daniel Jones I, and all their guys, I, I, they're handing the game this, away. This is, this is a big difference. The all these teams are in the playoffs already. You're talking about a That's team also that fair. fighting for a playoff spot. When you're fighting for a playoff spot as opposed to seeding, I don't think it makes as big of a difference. Uh, it makes a like difference because I don't like guys resting on any case. To me, that's bogus. Agreed. But agreed. But when it comes to getting in the playoffs or seeding, getting this in the playoffs is a big difference. The only buy in the NFC, and if the Giants, who probably would lose anyway, just sit there, guys. Eagles are going to wax them and get the first okay. seed. This John, determines a lot. But John, this difference John, is in the other scenario. The Giants can't move. You no, do I understand know. that, right? The Giants can't move. And, can't can, move up and, and considering the fact – hold on, hold on. John, the Giants – listen to me. Shut your lip for two minutes and open your ears up. The Giants oh, wow. cannot move Tell them, Eric. from number six, okay? They can't go up to five. They can't go down to seven. So, therefore, if the, if the playoffs, which we know is a whole different animal, okay – if you have the opportunity, and I'm not saying rest him or rest them the entire game, but if your decision-making process is solely based on the fact that you're trying to get a W when, honestly, it doesn't it matter. doesn't matter, yeah. Why would you risk an unnecessary – we're talking about an injury here. Why would you risk – an unnecessary injury to a player who is one of your premier stars on your team, and you're going to the postseason. You ain't been to the postseason in six years. And now you have an opportunity. As the New York Giants, you have an opportunity. You know you're going to face either Minnesota, San Francisco, one of those two, okay? It's the only teams you can play, yeah. That's it, unless Philly drops. Which all right? I'm not knocking the Eagles. I'm just let me I'm finish just... my conversation before you start opening your mouth. What I'm saying wow. to you is, what? I'm on your it's side. Not no, you're necessary. not. It's not necessary for them to play the entire game. Now, listen, Brian Dable has gone out and said he's not resting <sighs> his starters. So you know As what? If that's what he chooses to do. So be it. But based on everything we've seen in the last 24 hours. What is the point of the Giants, with the exception of momentum, what is the point of them playing a meaningless game? As far as I see it, either we're going to win, meaning the Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to have the number one seed, or we're going to lose, and depending on how it falls, we'll drop somewhere. But there is nothing right now to me that is more important than the health and safety of the players in the National Football League. And, John, I'm going to tell you this as sure as I'm looking you in your face, so you have to know I'm real when I say this to you. The only thing that matters to me right now, aside from priority number one, which is the health of DeMar Hamlin, is making sure that the New York football giants get to the second round of the playoffs. Because quite frankly, that's the team I want to play. And that's me being selfish. I can't blame you. Okay. 
I want the New York football giants either to upset the San Francisco 49ers or I want them to trounce Kirk Cousins the hell out of the playoffs. One of the two. All right? Well, that's because you just want to wax them so you can get to the NFC Championship. John, you don't – it doesn't matter if that's what he wants. And someone who is not in the NFC East, you don't understand. You know what, Eric? As someone who's not in the playoffs right now, he doesn't understand. We have He doesn't get it. Look, my point is, before you went and ran your lips, was that the Giants threw a temper tantrum. Their fans and Eli Manning threw a temper tantrum on social media a couple years ago. And I'll explain and the difference. now yeah. they have a chance to rest their guys. And I just want to know. Situation. Okay, so John, I just want to know if let they me, feel the same way I'll, about I'll resting guys. I'll answer this. I just want to know if they feel the same way. John, I'll answer this very simply. In that, let me answer this question and don't, just do me a favor. Just answer the question plainly, okay? In the game a couple years ago, were there any playoff implications in terms of seeding? Not making it, but was anybody like already, you know, were teams already in the playoffs? Was there any effect on that kind of thing? Just yes well, or that no. That game specifically, that was to get that was to get into the playoffs, correct? No, yeah. That's not what I'm asking. Were teams already in the playoffs and seeded somewhere? Yes I don't, or no? That was a couple of years ago. I don't exactly remember no. how the seeding The Eagles went. were not. The Eagles were not going to make the playoffs, if I remember correctly. Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I do not believe you guys are making the playoffs. No. And the only reason they sat them was to screw the Giants out of a playoff spot. It was strictly out of malice, and it was very clear. They yanked the them difference, mid-game. The difference between that game and this game is that game – one team could make the playoffs, but it was not guaranteed. And so it depended on what would happen. In this game, the Giants are guaranteed to make the playoffs. And the Eagles are also guaranteed to make the playoffs. The Giants' seed cannot change. And the Eagles cannot drop anywhere past, I believe, three is probably three. the lowest you guys right. could go, Eric. Exactly. Correct me. I, right. I believe three, right? Three is the yeah. low. Yeah, because we're not as bad as so. Yeah. So <laughs> the difference, John, in that scenario is, one, the Eagles intentionally lost – so they would keep us out of the playoffs because they didn't want us to get in, not because they were evaluating talent. They can give <laughs> you that mumbo-jumbo. You know that's not why they did it. They did it because they didn't want us in the playoffs. And I get it. I didn't like it, but I, look, the Giants... It was, it was a Bush, it was a bush League move, but bush the Giants league. deserve to be in the playoffs. The Giants are a we, rival, we, so fine. That's what they wanted to do. Whatever. Uh, not here nor the there. Gi- we, did to, we did deserve this to be game, in the playoffs that year anyway, but it was no, a Bush League move. No, of course. But this game... There are no playoff implications. Why? Both teams already made it. Eric is almost guaranteed to – his team is almost guaranteed to beat us as is anyway, if I'm just being honest. The the Eagles are one of the best teams. So I think the Giants – Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him, Jake. But more importantly, more importantly, in Eric's case, his Eagles have already guaranteed a spot. So if they sit anybody, I don't really care. They won't because they're fighting for a higher spot. And the Giants – they don't care. They're not. It's not like they're going to move up to five, or they're at seven, and they can move up to six and change who they play. They can't change who they play. If anything, I think the Giants might want to do that. Why? Because they might want to play the Minnesota Vikings, and if they let the Eagles win, they guarantee not having to play the Eagles in the first round at the very least. Because if the Eagles lose, they could drop down to the number two seed and have to play the Giants first round. Giants well, no, don't want no, to no. Do that. We'd have to drop to three to play you guys yeah. first round because you guys are six. Yeah. We're six. 17. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. And I don't believe the Eagles can drop the Again, three. Even but, further, even further in my point, we wouldn't want to play the Eagles first round. We are 
pretty much guaranteed to play Minnesota or the Which is who we want. And we Which want Minnesota. Figure. So the That's Giants the we want. The Giants just, in this case, rest your guys. Who cares? It doesn't so affect clear. us and it doesn't affect the other team. I'm not saying they should, but I'm saying to your point, is there a difference? Absolutely. Do I think they should? No, because I think momentum is a very real thing, and I want my guys to be out there. If you start them in the first half or the first three quarters, and then you know the game is out of hand and you sit them, okay, I'm cool with that. I would be totally okay with that because at that point, you're playing for nothing. You're already losing by a lot. Don't risk them getting hurt. Totally fine. If it's a close game, I would prefer they don't. I prefer they try to beat them because come playoff time, if we do play the Eagles in the second round like Eric is hoping – that kind of momentum is a big deal, knowing, hey, we can beat these guys. Very big deal. So do I think the Giants will sit anybody? No. Do I think they should? No. Just so we're clear, if the Eagles somehow lose and the Cowboys somehow win, the Eagles would go to Tampa in the first round, like Tom Brady and the Bucks. It would be the fifth seed. They would go to That's they would go okay. to Tampa and play Tom Brady and the Bucks if they somehow yep. didn't win the division. So you know. So because we because if well, you, first off, all right. First off, Dallas has to beat Washington, which is going to happen. Okay, what we saw what happened with Carson Wentz. I'm gonna let y'all keep going. I'm gonna, okay. I'm but I'm just going. saying, if you lose a division, you'll end up playing the Bucks in the first round. Play Tom Brady in your revenge that, game. It doesn't matter. They did to you last year, it, it, John. See, all of this is see, what Dallas, is, Dallas going to Tampa is the worst case you know scenario for Cowboys fans because yeah. they're going to lose to Tom Brady. Again, which is gonna, you know, they're going to lose again, and it's just going to be to Tom Brady now. But, but John, let me just get, ask you, a quick question. The, John, who are you playing in the first round? Oh, that's uh, right. We have You're not in the right playoffs. Where we want you. You're currently. It's you don't even have your starting quarterback playing this week because he's got his third concussion of the year. John, hey, you don't have your John, quarterback playing this week. Eagles what? might not have theirs. Things happen, you know. Why like, wait, I Daniel Jones isn't playing. Why isn't Daniel Jones playing? Their guys, well, they're fun. not. Oh, have you watched Brian Dable coach John? Okay, right. because JB, can we move on to more important things, please? Because all right, so as let's, usual, let's get back to let's get back to the AFC and, and probably the worst case scenario for the NFL having this happen on prime time Monday night. Hmm. So this was the number two and number three seed playing, and I mean, unfortunately, we're twenty four hours after. We all know that, obviously. We, we care that Hamlin's okay. That's that's our biggest That's thing. number one priority, yes. Yep. But unfortunately, 24 hours later, we do have to talk about what does the NFL do? There's you know, more theoretically, to the story, right? Theoretically, right now, if Kansas City loses, you know, on yeah. Sunday against the Raiders. Saturday. One of these other teams – or Saturday, my bad, that's right. One of these other teams could technically be the number one seed. It could be the Bengals right. who are two games behind right now. But if they right. would have won – the game last if they win night. last night's game and then win next week, you're right. So so what does the NFL do in this situation? And how does it the NFL have a contingency plan that we waited an hour for them to cancel the game last night? You know, to postpone it. What what does the NFL I mean, do? I don't know. I think what the NFL does is see what happens this weekend. And I say that because they're not playing them this week anyway. So it doesn't this week is out of the question. I think right. they see what happens next week because if Kansas City wins all this becomes a, a moot point well, as to then, as to who gets the first seed. No, it doesn't. Right. So, but then no, as to not. John, John, listen to what I just said. As to who gets the first seed, I didn't that's say why I said, playoff. No, it seed. does not. That, that's why I said you're wrong. Right. Because the Bills have the tiebreaker. 
Yeah, Buffalo is the tiebreaker on that because Buffalo beat them. If okay. Buffalo would have beat Cincinnati and then they beat the Patriots, they're the number one seed. Again, point being, it matters what happens this weekend. Regardless of – the point ultimately is it depends on who wins this weekend. If the Bills lose, Chiefs win, all of this doesn't matter anymore because the Bengals – I uh, yeah, no, the Bengals would have 13 wins. The Chiefs would have 14 wins. They would be yeah. out of it. Again, it all depends on what happens this weekend, which is ultimately the point I'm making. We gotta see what happens this weekend. If certain things go where the Chiefs guarantee the one spot and the Bills are now fighting for the second spot, well, then, then it is matters. There, is there a difference between two and three? Because two and three is still yeah, up for grabs. It's a home playoff game. That's you know, so but they both have a home playoff game. No, well, but I'm saying they in the second round. championship. Right. Uh, I think what they should do. Give it a time. Tough choice. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I I don't think you can make these guys play. Unfortunately, and I think what I don't see be, how you can't fit it into the schedule. That's I think problem. what needs to be done it's is nobody gets a loss. It's a tie. Unfortunate as as it is, because you can't put these guys are. I don't know if they're going to be ready to play this weekend. God, you know, I, God willing, they will. But I don't know. This is very traumatic. So I don't know when these guys are going to be ready. I hope they play this weekend for their just for the fan in me, but. This is a traumatic experience. I don't know when they'll be ready to play. But more importantly, so there isn't a spot for them to play based on the thing, way things are. If they reach the AFC Championship game, what should happen is they play on a neutral site. I know it sucks, but that way wow. nobody gets the nobody gets an advantage because well, – now think about it for a second, JB. If both teams win their last game and it's a tie, technically the Bills now have – the two seed, even though we don't know what would have happened in this game with the Bengals, it's not necessarily right to say, well, we skipped a really important game and you get to keep your home field. I think a neutral site would ultimately be the most fair. Do I think they'll do that? No. Do I think that's what they they should do if they meet in the AFC Championship? Yes. I think that should be the ultimate decision. Eric, how does this work? Because we haven't even mentioned this. The, The Ravens are a game and a half back of the division. If this game doesn't get played between the Bengals and Bills, the Bengals automatically win that division because the Ravens can't catch them. If the Bengals would have lost last night, then the Ravens and Bengals square off in Week 18 for the division. Now their game doesn't matter if Week 17's game for the Bengals doesn't happen because they can't catch the Bengals anymore. They're a game and a half back right now, and last night didn't happen yet. So what happens if the Ravens get screwed? So the NFL hasn't said they're they're not going to play the game yet. They're just saying it's postponed right now. So if right. you're the Ravens, you've got to go out and win and hope that there's yeah. nowhere to put it. Eric said it's not fair. There's nowhere to put this. Well, here's the thing, and and and, and I apologize for my lag, but here is something that was a conversation piece that we were all having last night in, in a lot of the chats. Um, it's not fair to ask these players after what they experienced last night to play Thursday night. However, they're going to play Sunday, whether they want to or not. And our hope is that by Friday, by tomorrow, we have some positive news about DeMar Hamlin and that he is on a road to recovery. So that way these players can begin the, the the healing process and getting their minds refocused, if you will. Um, I don't agree with this 
but I'm going to throw a scenario out there. Okay. And I apologize to the other two teams outside of Cincinnati and Buffalo that it affects. And that would be Baltimore and new England. But if you allow the game that did not happen to be played on Thursday or Friday, and then asked the four teams that are supposed to play, which means the Patriots, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Bengals, have them play on Monday. I know it's the college football national championship game, but have them play on Monday to at least give them 48 hours to then finish out the season. I think, you know, and college football is going to hate it because they're going to lose ratings. But guess well, you what? could play during the day, right? You could you play it like you could four o'clock or something. You, you could play a one and a four yeah. on a Monday. So to it doesn't interrupt to. college. Yeah, you could. Theoretically, yes. I just I don't agree with that. But as someone like you three gentlemen here on Sideline Sports who has followed the game of football, we know both the fan side, but we also know the business side. Some way, shape, form, or fashion, this game's going to get played. It has to be, yeah. There's, but, it's too much. There's too many different scenarios. I, I know. But where affects by not by not playing. I know. So, so the only thing I can think of, this is the only thing I can think of, and this actually, it just came to me. So, what you can do is you can push the playoffs back, uh, and the reason you could do that is there's a week in between the Super Bowl and the conference championship. Have that conference the championship the week before. Now, they can play the Pro Bowl without the teams in the conference championships. There, I mean, that doesn't really matter. You can play your conference championships a week before the Super Bowl. Everything gets pushed back. Play your conference championships then. Super Bowl's the next week. It's not ideal, but that is a free week for you to push everything into that. Yeah. So that way you can get this game done so everything can be on track. That's the only thing I can think of that makes sense. Listen, these are a lot of tough decisions the NFL's got to make. We're, we're just talking about it. I do not and, envy Roger Goodell right now. You know, yeah, forget him. He, he, he didn't want to cancel the game, but, but you know, I, the coaches and players. So I understand. I don't think that was him, John. What you're trying to say. I got yeah. to ask a question here. So hmm. Troy Vincent today uh, came out and said he was not behind the five minutes to warm up and get back on the field edict that ESPN reported during the telecast. I believe it was Aikman or Buck that said it. Um, I think it was know, Buck. The teams were given they, they were given five minutes to warm up, and this is before Zach Taylor walked over to McDermott and they, they walked off the field. Um, Troy Vincent said that it wasn't him that that made that you know uh, that rule or announcement to the teams. Where else would would Joe Buck get this information? I can't imagine Can where. Me, I mean, would it be better for him to say that? You know, if I'm Troy Vincent, someone in my in my office said that, and we're going to deal with that immediately, rather than saying I didn't make that statement, and I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I think again, I there's no way of knowing where he got it from. My guess is Joe Buck got it from a producer, but assumingly Troy Vincent told or somebody told the producer, hey. This is what's coming out of his office. I, I think the response was not the right way to do it. I think he should have said, I believe somebody in my office said this. 
you know, I did not know that that was being said. I did not condone that, and we're going to handle that. And I think kind of like what you were alluding to, David, that's it. That's that'd be perfect. That's a very simple, effective answer. The fact that he says he didn't say it, who said it then? It's like, oh, well, I didn't do it. I'm not the one that's in the wrong. Nobody cares if you're on the one in the wrong right now. We just want to, like, that's not, to me, that's not the response that we're looking for. That's not the answer we're hoping to hear about, you know? It's it's a cop-out. What do you think about that, It's a cop-out. I... Gentlemen, unfortunately, I've got to agree with Troy Vincent and say if he said no one from his staff or organization made the comment or or made that decision, then I am going to believe him and take him at face value. Now, I might be wrong. He said he didn't make the statement. He didn't say anything about his staff. Okay, so if he said he didn't, if he said I didn't say it, I believe Troy Vincent, and that's believable. That's fine. I'm I'm not saying I don't believe him. I just don't think that saying, "Well, I just didn't say," is the, in my opinion, at least, the appropriate response. I'm cool with telling us, "Hey, I didn't say that. I didn't. That was not my thoughts and comments." I just think, tell the people, like, "Hey, I didn't," but we're gonna find out what happened or anything like that. Right. Because now it we puts into question for me from. as a fan. Well, who's making the calls then? Who said what? What's what's happening behind the scenes? Because if you're not making the call like we expect, who is? And why are you not making the call? Why are why is this person the one handling it? Right? That is why I think well, Jake, that response of two... just of just hey, I didn't say it, but we're gonna figure it out. That would have been a little better, I think. Well, Jake, there's two sides to this because you have the players' association, mm-hmm. and then you also have the NFL. So on one hand, you have Roger Goodell, on the other hand, you have Demoris Smith, or or in this case, Troy Vincent. Um, but there's an underlying piece that we're forgetting about. It's the two owners of the two teams that played. Oh, wow. And ultimately, they control Roger. So, <laughs> I mean, could they have said right. something? Absolutely. Quite possibly. Absolutely. So, no, no question about that. Yeah. Absolutely. I would just like to know where it came from if, if yeah. Troy said I didn't do it. Just so, you know, because whoever said it, just it doesn't matter. that The end result was the game wasn't played. And yeah. the fact that it's... it took Zach Taylor to go over to McDermott and say, you know, let's go back to the locker room. Because, you know, I can see it's just not, not the way it should it's be. It's not, yeah. yeah. How that was the right way to do it, though. Did you see plan in effect for something like this? And I had a conversation with someone today who brought up Ryan Shazier's injury, you know, when, when yep, he got hurt yep, and they yep. still finished the game. To me, this is completely different. It's different, but I get what they were getting at. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, football's always been played. The game's never stopped, but this there should be plans was, in place. You know, this was a national television game. It's yeah. totally different. All yeah, eyes are right. on this, you know, Hamlin lying there and getting CPR and, you know, the announcers have nothing to say to, to you're right. I don't know, it's just a tough situation. It, it's the it's a nightmare scenario for the NFL. It's a nightmare for broadcasters too. But on that note, uh we got about fifty seconds left. So we'll go around the horn. I'll start with Eric. Where can the people find you, good sir? Monday and Wednesday night, sports arena, ten PM Eastern. Beautiful. John. Blue Hawks thirteen. Nice and quick. J B. JB underscore the program tomorrow night, JJ Sports Express 7, South Florida Tribune, 
Sports Exchange at nine, and Jake at. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. I haven't done this in a while, so I get to do this, and I'm excited. As you guys can see, scrolling across the bottom of the screen, here's where you can find Sideline Sports. Instagram and Twitter is Sideline Sport One. YouTube is and Facebook and all those places are just Sideline Sports. Just look up the name. Uh, DBTV, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that. And on that note, everybody have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B, and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.